Welcome to Decrypt, Asia's first blockchain and cryptocurrency podcast. I'm your host, Tushar. Each week, we take a deep dive into the Asian blockchain scene with investors, technologists, and industry insiders. Go to decrypt.asia to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram to join in the discussions. Hi, guys. Today we are interviewing a company that is trying to solve the much talked about problem of decentralized governance. DAOStack powers decentralized companies, funds and markets to make fast, innovative decisions at scale. Think of a company without a management team or directors where multiple stakeholders can collaborate, take decisions, allocate capital and bring projects to fruition. Our guest for today's show is the head of communications at DAOStack, Josh Siemel. Josh has designed and executed major growth initiatives for the likes of Toyota, Equifax, and Blue Cross Blue Shield. Josh is an accomplished facilitator, course leader, and executive coach, having helped thousands live and lead more authentically. His passions for all types of coherence internally within oneself, within relationships and groups, and at scale at the organizational level, fuels his belief in the blockchain technology. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you, Tushar. It's great to be here. Before we get into DAOStack, I have to ask you about the final part of that introduction that you provided me. It's a very philosophical take on blockchain. Could you elaborate more on what you mean by coherence at the individual and organizational level and why it makes you believe in blockchain? That's a great question. Before I even answer that question, I just want to compliment you on the way that you described DAOStack. Uh, I don't think we provided you that, uh, that copy and uh, if I could get that from you, that would be terrific because I really like the way that you said it. So um, thank you for, uh, uh, for putting, putting our project so eloquently and, and for doing your homework as well for this uh, interview. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Sure, regarding coherence, it's always been a passion of mine. I, I don't think I had used that word until I met the blockchain world and particularly the DAOStack community speaks a lot about coherence. We talk about coherence at scale. That's really a major that, that's a major problem that we are trying to solve, a major challenge is how do you build coherence among large groups of people, groups large enough that it's impossible to build social coherence, right? You actually have to build an asocial coherence when you're coordinating thousands of people. The coordination happens to, has to be indirect, right? However, if that's all that we did in our lives and in our organizations, uh, we'd also be screwed because it's equally important to build social coherence in our relationships and even coherence with oneself, which I would, I suppose, call uh, equate to something like self-awareness. I think that coherence at scale and coherence within small groups or each of our own relationships, uh, professional and personal, or even with ourselves, those two different scales of coherence those are really important. <laughs> um, I think they're so important that they, that they represent two of the primary ways that humanity actually needs to up-level in order to solve some of its major crises and really thrive in the coming decades. Uh, I think we need to get better at relationships and self-awareness, and I think we need to get better at coordinating at scale. I've never heard of or thought of blockchain from that perspective, so that's pretty interesting. For some of our listeners who may not know what a DAO is or how it works, could you, in your own words, explain the concept of a DAO? 
Sure. Let, let me just say to your previous comment, it's, it, it is very interesting, the relationship between blockchain and coherence. And I firmly believe, and I think there's a lot of evidence for, the fact, the, the idea that uh, collaboration is the killer app of blockchain. And, that, and, and that's what got me into blockchain. Um, I've, I've been a crypto investor like you know, many of us for, for a number of years, five or six years, but it was really only when I began to understand the power of blockchain as it pertains to helping humans to collaborate <laughs> um, that I became deeply interested in getting involved uh, in the blockchain world myself. And when we talk about blockchain collaboration, one of the forms that that takes, maybe the primary form that that takes, is what's become known as a DAO or a decentralized autonomous organization. And uh, would you like me to say a little more about, you know, what a DAO kind of is and what it represents? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, of course, there's no precise definition of uh, a DAO. Um, different people see it different ways. But roughly speaking, a DAO is an open organization that more closely resembles a democracy or uh, a mini economy than it does uh, a company. There's, in principle, there's, there's no one telling you that you are or are not part of a DAO. It just comes down to whether you are contributing in a way that is uh, deemed valuable or whether you are deemed to have any kind of decision-making or voting power based on factors of, well, in some cases, whether you're a holder of the token, although I don't recommend coin holder based voting, also if you're holding reputation. Essentially, what a DAO is a decentralized organization. So that probably makes sense to, to a lot of the listeners, uh, right? It's an organization that, that has no centralized leadership and therefore doesn't have the susceptibilities of a conventional organization to the problems of top-down hierarchical concentrated leadership, concentrated points of failure. So here you have an organization that lacks that, that does not have that, that benefits from not having that. And in order then to make decisions effectively, in order to coordinate effectively, well, then you've got a challenge. You've got a problem to solve. How do you coordinate a large group of people when you don't have a single captain telling everybody what to do or even a small board or a group of whatever? right? Everybody is involved in saying, in directing the ship, saying where the ship is going to go. How do you make those decisions? Well, in a DAO, and this is where the A part comes from, the autonomous part, in a DAO, the protocols for decision-making are coded into the blockchain. And by protocols for decision-making, I simply mean the means of turning human input like human opinions or desires or, you know, opinions about what should happen. How do you turn that human input into decisions? <laughs> how, do you, how do you turn that, how do you harvest or harness the collective intelligence into decisions? For that, you need governance protocols. And in a DAO, those governance protocols are encoded into the blockchain and transparently written there for all to see on what are called smart contracts. Not only that, the smart contracts not only count the votes, if you will, and sort of serve as the vote arbiter, voting arbiter and voting machinery, they also can execute a lot of the decisions, especially when the decisions are related to, you know, things like, well, and really anything digital, right? So for example, um, will this, should this project be funded? 
Well, everybody votes, you know, the smart contracts tallies the votes and then the smart contracts actually fund the project. They actually transfer the funds. So it's autonomous in the sense that the will, the collective will of the people is autonomously tallied and autonomously carried out. But it's still very much a human powered institution. It's not that the uh, blockchain or the smart contracts are running the organization. So in a nutshell, that's, that's what we're looking at when we're talking about a DAO. Got it. Uh, you mentioned governance, and that's the problem that you guys are addressing as well at DAO Stack. Could you tell us how you're addressing these problems? Well, it's a massive problem. I mean, there's no question it's a massive problem. Yeah. I mean, you, you put, you put 10,000 or 100,000 people, you know, you try to coordinate a, a real climate solution, you know, across multiple different, you know, coordinated verticals, marketers, business people, uh, lawyers, uh, workers. How are you going to coordinate a, a massive solution to a massive problem involving hundreds of thousands of people without top-down leadership? The biggest problem you're going to face in that situation is noise. If you start to distribute decision-making outward and allow more and more people to participate in the steering of the ship, <laughs> you're going to have, uh, you're going to bog everybody down in a sea of decision-making very, very quickly. That's what's going to happen. Unless you have some very innovative um, and very elegant uh, governance solutions that are going to help you manage the collective attention. You need governance systems that are going to um, make sure that the most important proposals are actually the ones that get the group attention. And that those proposals get the attention of the right people who are most qualified to actually make that decision and not get the attention of all the people that, it doesn't, that don't need to be involved. And you need to make sure through your protocols that the people making the decision are very, very likely to act in alignment with the greater good, with, with, with the greater majority that, that is not actually paying attention to whether Josh should get a new computer, for example, or all of these different, you know, day-to-day -day decisions that need to be made. How do you do that? How, how do you build a system that is both efficient, right, in a way I just described, and also resilient, uh, resilient means non-corruptible. Resilient means not falling back to centralized, you know, power structures where influence can be bought or sold. That's a very important tension, actually. Uh, resilient. The, the 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 more the more efficient you try to make your system, the harder it is to avoid corruptibility. That's a very important tension in decentralized governance. And that is not an easy tension to solve. So so far, uh, Tushar, all I've done is set up the immensity of the problem. And the DAO stack approach to the problem, you, you ready for that? Absolutely, go for it. The DAO stack approach to the problem, first and foremost, is to not pretend that we have <laughs> the solution, really, that we have, that we have, a, a, that, that we have a permanent solution. Mm -hmm. So rather than trying to predetermine or predispose the decentralized economy to a set of protocols that we think are going to work, what we're actually doing at DowStack is we are building the building blocks. Uh, we're building like a Lego set 
uh, or a sandbox, if you want to think of it that way, or another way it's often called is a WordPress, where the analogy is that we're building a WordPress for decentralized organizations or WordPress for DAOs, because we're providing kind of like mix and match, mix and match your own governance we call them modules, mix and match your own governance uh, machinery pieces, cogs, into a template that really works well for your organization or your industry. And like WordPress, you can evolve those templates and those ideas on your own easily, with or without technical knowledge, by the way, for the most part, and feed those templates back into the system so that there can be a rapid evolution, uh, an economically driven rapid evolution over time, and may the best governance protocols actually win and flourish. So we've created a, a whole coding, a whole library. It's not truly a coding environment. A lot of the coding's already done for you. We've created a, a whole environment whereby you can mix and match different smart contracts into templates that really work well for your organization. That's, that's one that's and we've just described only one layer of the stack, but that that's a good place yeah. to start. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you mentioned some of the aspects of the governance and I want to get into deeper details. But before that, I'm just curious, do you see any other projects as your competitors at the moment? You know, the, the more interesting question to me than, you know, who, who are our competitors or how are we different is is how can we collaborate? Dow stack takes such an open and by the way, I have, to, I have to attribute that Matan Field, our architect and CEO, uh, said that one time when asked about competition, and I was really inspired by that. So I want to give him due credit. But this is really a philosophy we subscribe to. You know, we, we are an open organization. Our code is open source. The, the consensus mechanisms that we are proposing, which we'll talk about in a little bit, I imagine, those are all free for anybody to use. We very much look forward to integrating with the various other so-called DAO platforms that are out there doing various amazing things. So uh, guys like Aragon, guys, Aragon, guys like Colony, uh, guys like District OX, which is a, a second layer on top of Aragon, and a number of others. Yeah, great projects. We're super excited about them. They take a little bit of a different approach. You know, when, when, when I talk about building, primarily building the sandbox for ongoing experimentation, as our kind of primary orientation, as our base layer, that's kind of an ethos that we've come from that maybe is, is a little bit different or a little bit unique to, to our approach. Uh, another thing unique to our approach is what we call the, the holographic consensus, which is our, our kind of consensus model that we'll get into. But yes, there are other DAO platforms. I think they're wonderful. And, uh, and we're doing something a little bit more different, perhaps a little bit more broad. So let's get back to governance and how the decision-making process works. So you've got the people who hold GEN, which is your token, and these tokens can be staked to put forth proposals for the DAO and, and uh, to get attention of the reputation holders, which are the other stakeholders in your ecosystem. And then the reputation <clears throat> holders vote on whether the proposal should be passed or not. Could you elaborate yeah. more on how <clears throat> this whole process works, including the role of the token in the middle? Yeah, so you're starting to speak to, uh, to what we call the holographic consensus. I, I, I've said that our primary orientation is to build the sandbox for experimentation. However, we also are populating that sandbox with you know, a number of tools and even a number of 
in a way, mostly built sandcastles that require relatively little configuration if you want to use them out of the box. So roughly speaking, those protocols, those models all feature this approach, this approach that we call the holographic consensus. Uh, it's called holographic because uh, in a hologram, this is an analogy, a hologram, you know, it's a sort of a three-dimensional apparition that, that appears from a, a two-dimensional print. If you break or cut up a, hol a hologram, like cut up the, two, the 2D print, each of those shards, fragments, actually contains the image, the, the entire 3D image. Uh, maybe not in as high of a resolution, but contains the whole image. So similarly, we talk about the holographic consensus as a way for a minority of decision makers within an organization to be able to uh, make decisions really on behalf of the larger organization that are almost certainly guaranteed to be in coherence with the will or at least the best interests of the greater majority. So how we do that is probably a longer conversation that we have time for. And I, 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 if, if you're really interested in a deep dive into holographic consensus, you need to watch some of Matan's uh, materials or just go to our YouTube. You can search Dowstack on YouTube and you can watch some of his talks or the AMAs with Matan. I particularly recommend the ones from ETCC in Paris. He'll get deep into it. But in a nutshell, yes, you're absolutely right. We separate, for one thing, we separate reputation, which is voting power, from token ownership. That's really important. That's right there. That's really important. That's not our greatest innovation, by the way. There are a number of great governance systems out there that do that. But unfortunately, there are a lot that don't. There's a lot of what's called coin holder voting out there, which is basically a plutocracy. So there's a lot of blockchain projects where voting power is equivalent to how many tokens you own. Uh, Vitalik just wrote a piece about this, expressing concern about the rampant increase in coin holder voting in the blockchain space. And if you have coin holder voting, well, then influence is for sale at all times. You know, voting power can be bought and sold. So we don't want that. I won't say more about that. But then the question is, okay, well, what is the role of coin? What in your system, what in your voting system should be monetized? If you're not going to, mon if, if you're not going to monetize voting rights, right, should anything be monetized in that system? And it, it turns out that if, that if you don't monetize anything in that system, well, then you have the same problem we talked about before. Well, co if coin holder voting subjects you to, you know, fragility, you know, non-resiliency, then having no monetization <laughs> of anything in your governance system results in the opposite problem, which is massive inefficiency, where anybody can vote on anything at any time, or maybe you have a reputation system Point being that it's actually important to have both. It's actually important to have both a reputational component with a currency that cannot be bought or sold or even transferred peer to peer. And you also need an economic component. You need an economic engine to help alert, it's, Matan calls it signaling, uh, to help alert the system to what's actually important. It's a little bit like voting on what to vote on. So your voting is done by reputation holders. You're voting on what to vote on or you're signaling on what to vote on. You're signaling on what's important is done by your token holders. Of course, those might be, you know, there's a lot of overlap between those two. Sorry, I just want to jump in here. How do you identify yeah. these yeah, yeah. reputation holders? Right. Well, that in a way, that's up to each organization. So that's a question that's going to be quite specific, actually. 
you know, to the needs of each organization. Right. So when an organization is started, you know, there's probably going to be some decision-making process, some consensus process by which reputation needs to be allocated. But then you're also going to set up protocols that determine how reputation moves around. So for example, you might say that voting on a proposal that then later is deemed, you know, as having been good for the majority. Well, you automatically get reputation through whatever system you invent around that. Or if you were using DAOStack or for as a curation engine, which is another use case we can talk about. If, if you're a, let's say you're a, a decentralized version of Yelp and your voters, uh, your reputation holders vote for the restaurants. Well, similarly, you could gain reputation by, by recommending the food at a restaurant that people then later go to and say, yeah, the food is really good. You could also lose reputation through different scenarios. So whereas token can move around by being bought and sold, reputation moves around through the passing of proposals or the execution of protocols that determine how reputation moves around. And that is, and, and just how it moves around is up to the organization and DAOStack can help, you know, help you make some of those choices, but it's going to be your choice essentially as an organization. You know, just picking on the example that you took about having something like Yelp, do you think there's a, you know, in the, in today's world or in today's context, we have influencers, right? And there might be certain people who might be influencing decisions or choices more than other people. Do you think there's a possibility that some of the reputation holders in your ecosystem could become a small number or centralized at some point? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're speaking to what might, you know, the, some of the questions you might raise about if there are limits to how reputation should move around, basically. Um, you know, you, you, also, you could conceivably have situations where the amassing of reputation itself becomes corruptible, let's put it that way. If that's true, then you haven't actually designed a very resilient system. And again, I, I would just say, you know, without going into too much, too much depth around it, is that you need to design your reputation system so that doesn't happen. And, you know, DAOStack provides a lot of the starting templates to do that, but it's going to be case by case. And it's also designed to evolve over time. Like different, different organizations can definitely experiment with different types of reputation systems. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the tech stuff. So you're building on the Ethereum blockchain. And on top of the Ethereum blockchain, you have a few more stacks before we get to the application layer. Could you talk right. a little bit about these stacks, high level? Yeah, sure. We already spoke about ARC, although I don't think we named it as such at the time uh, yeah. in this conversation. But ARC is, the, ARC is the library of smart contracts that represents the modular framework for decentralized governance. Basically, that is the mix and match modules or Lego building blocks. I would best describe them as bits and pieces of governance machinery that can be combined or modified or so forth. And they can, even if, even if you're a, a, you know, blockchain programming geek, uh, a governance programming dev or tech, you don't need, you might be a solidity code expert, but it still makes sense for you to uh, use the building blocks because we've sort of already done a lot of the work. So it's very, it's completely time-saving to kind of produce and reproduce different governance templates. So ARC, ARC forms the basis for all of the rest of the DAOStack ecosystem. And the people who are going to be interacting with ARC directly are people who have an understanding of uh, Solidity code um, and blockchain governance programming. But most people don't have that. And we want to make our system you know, very accessible. 
so we've built layers on top of that. The next layer we've built is called ArcJS, which just like it sounds is a JavaScript environment that represents essentially an API or library for building front-end applications, JavaScript applications on top of Arc without needing to be familiar with Solidity or the blockchain at all. So ArcJS makes it very, very easy to take advantage of all of the different governance modules and options and use them in building any kind of a collaborative application, any kind of an application where there's going to be basically consensus building or collective decision making. And the, the applications for that are just endless. And because the applications are endless, we realized, the architects of Dowstack realized that that they needed to make it easy for custom applications to be built because so many use cases are going to require their own application. Uh, so that's the JavaScript environment. Uh, the next layer up from that are the applications that are built on the JavaScript environment, right? The hundreds or eventually thousands of applications uh, that are going to be built on ArcJS. And those are all going to be made interoperable by the fact that they're all built on Arc but also uh, by another component of the stack, which is essentially shared databases, shared registries, the shared registry of governance modules, the shared registry of kind of offers and requests for talent sharing, learning across applications, across dApps, across DAOs, and so forth. So there's a whole ecosystem. You can imagine a whole ecosystem of different uh, collaborative applications using DAO stacks backend to drive their consensus building. One of those applications, uh, has already been built and is currently live on the Ethereum testnet, as, by the way, is the uh, backend. So our product, our, our platform and our product is basically built. Uh, it's just undergoing security testing and, um, and will, will be deployed on mainnets soon. But the one application that we have built is called Alchemy. That is the native, intuitive uh, UX UI for interacting with DAOStack's backend it's basically, with a few clicks, create your own organization, um, invite your friends or colleagues to participate, create an ERC-20 token if you desire, and specifically the focus of Alchemy is decentralized budgeting and resource allocation, which if you think about it, is so much of the actual decision-making <laughs> that that a decentralized organization needs to accomplish is what to do with its funds, whether to fund projects, how to value the contributions of any given individual, and yes, how to move reputation around among uh, members of the organization. That's all available just with a few clicks to you know, virtually the most technophobic people. So the stack sort of moves from most technophilic use cases to, at, at, in terms of alchemy, a, a very friendly UX UI that's available for technophobes to create or participate in decentralized organizations. That is something that really has not, I, I mean, I, I know some of our so-called competitors are also building applications. I feel really, really excited about alchemy. I, I think that for its ease of use and particularly for its specialty in decentralized budgeting, it's a, it's a really, really innovative product. Sounds good. Uh, I just want to talk about regulations here for a little bit. Have you faced any or do you foresee any regulatory challenges beyond the general regulatory challenges that ICOs face due to the nature of what you're building? I don't know of any. I don't imagine that Dow Stack faces regulatory challenges, although, you know, I imagine if, if, if we checked with our legal team, maybe they would say otherwise. Yeah. Um, what, I, what I do imagine is that, is that the Dow, 
as an institution. So not to be confused with DAO stack, the technology, but, but, but DAOs that are deployed using the stack. And this is something I admittedly know relatively little about, but it, it does seem the case that, that, that the legal structure and legal entity basis for DAO is an open question. I don't see it as particularly having a lot of regulatory risk because I think they are highly solvable problems. But how do you st- structure a DAO, not in terms of its governance and decision-making, but how do you structure it in terms of its legal entityship so that it's compliant with various local rules and regulations? It seems, it seems like a worthy question, and I'm excited to see, uh, to see what becomes of it. Yeah, I guess uh, it remains to be seen. Uh, you have a token sale coming up from the 1st of May, if I'm not wrong. Is there anything that you want to tell your community or the crypto community in general? Uh, well, I would just invite, uh, you know, in, invite that if you want to become a holder of the Gen token, you know, uh, the, the utility token of the DAO stack uh, ecosystem, then that's, a, that's an option that is available to you. And, and yeah. if you are interested in that, um, you need to, you need to uh, do it quickly or now, uh, at least if you're going to participate in, uh, you know, in, in our token sale. Our whitelist is currently open. That's at DAOStack.io, D-A-O Stack.io. And please be careful. There are, we've, we've, we're very grateful to have received so much attention on our token sale as we have. And some of that attention has been from very opportunistic scammers. So please be careful. Double check your browser URL. Don't click on you know, various ad links or suspicious sites or so forth. Uh, um, We've even had phone calls to our, uh, to our community impersonating our whitelist support staff. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I digress. Uh, our whitelist closes uh, on, uh, on the 30th of April. Um, uh, our, token sa- our, our pre-sale begins on the 1st, uh, although it's the 30th for, for some of the worlds. It's evening on the 30th. Um, and then... Uh, and, and then our whitelist reopens a few days later. Uh, so if you miss this or if you're listening to this, you know, next week, uh, you can still participate in our main sale. Our whitelist reopens uh, middle of the week. Let's call it like the third. It, it will be the third. The whitelist reopens uh, ahead of our main sale, which is on the eighth. So all of that is at DowStack.io. Got it. And uh, what's the best platform to follow DowStack's development? Uh, like how to stay in touch? Yeah, I mean, are you guys very active on Telegram, Twitter? You know, what's the best platform for potential users as well as you know potential investors to stay abreast of all the developments that are going to be happening at DowStack? Yeah, yeah, I would say any of the above. Uh, we do have a very active Telegram. Uh, that's t.me slash DowStack community. But I recommend our Medium publication, uh, okay. medium.com slash DowStack. Or simply our email newsletter is another great way. And you can sign up for our email newsletter on the website um, as well. So some options for you for sure. And our YouTube. Our YouTube as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we, we'll put the links in the, in the show notes. So no worries. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to mention or talk about that we may have missed during this conversation? I want to bring it kind of home to the larger vision, if you will. Because DowStack isn't just designed to service one organization at a time. It's actually designed to foster an ecosystem of interoperable DAOs. You know, 
where, because it's easy to imagine, right? If what we can do through efficient, resilient, decentralized coordination is, is create more frictionless coordination between people, well, then we can also create that kind of frictionless coordination between organizations. And remember I said before that DAOs are kind of open and fluid. They're more like democracies or mini economies than they are like companies. So ultimately what we're actually building is more, not just a technology platform, we're actually, we're actually building a protocol uh, div- designed to give rise to something more like the internet, except it's not going to be an internet of information. It's the next generation. It's actually the next thing. It's the internet of collaboration, the internet of work. And when you start to imagine millions and millions of people participating in that kind of collaborative economy, where everyone is incentivized to act in alignment with the common good. No one wields a disproportionate amount of power. Everybody's rewarded in proportion to the value that they contribute. That's really exciting. That is actually the kind of scenario that is really, really game-changing, like, like massively shifting the incentive structures that exist on this planet. There's many futurists, some of them are advisors, by the way, great, great people, Daniel Schmachtenberger, Jordan Greenhall, and a number of great other futurist thinkers who, who believe that this kind of win-win collaboration that I just described is essential. It's actually the only way that we're going to solve some of the greatest world challenges. So this is really what the Dow Stack Project is after. after. We're, we're, we're endeavoring to use crypto economics and a host of other and smart contracts and a host of other technologies to create moment to moment micro incentives that when you multiply them across thousands of individuals and millions of moments, what you get is a macroeconomic climate, which, which fosters, which naturally fosters the kind of collaboration more scalable and more resilient than anything that we've ever experienced before. That's, that's the vision of the collaborative economy and of DAOstack. Fantastic. I think that's the perfect moment to end this interview. Thank you, Josh, for coming on the show. I really look forward to seeing how the whole governance issue plays out and wish you the best for the token sale. Great. My pleasure. It was so good to be here, Tushar. really enjoyed speaking with you. I'm, I'm leaving feeling uh, lit up and even more inspired. So uh, excited, to, excited to get to it. Likewise, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram, and subscribe to our newsletter on Decrypt.Asia. This is your host, Tashar. Thank you for listening.